We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome in, everyone, to your game day preview of Pack a Day podcast. We have the Buccaneers today, uh, but a little bit of good news came out uh, yesterday. Is uh, David Bakhtiari looks like he's going to play. So, Gage, obviously he's been out for how many days did you say already? Zach Jacobson tweeted out. Uh, It is 633 days since he sustained a torn ACL in practice. Um, Obviously, he's dealt with other injuries since then, but that is since the initial injury that kind of set off this whole roller coaster, 633 days uh, as of uh, this morning. All right, so – 633 days minus that half with the with the Lions that we have not seen that beautiful man on the field with the Packers. All signs point that he's going to play uh, this week. So we'll have Elton Jenkins back at right tackle, David Bakhtiari back at left tackle. Uh, I know we have a lot of injuries that we'll kind of talk about a little bit throughout the show, but what does it mean for this offense to have David Bakhtiari back on the field? You know, I think that it means a lot in terms of we know that's Rogers' guy. Like with Devonte Adams gone, that is his guy. It's him and it's Cobb. That is his one, his two, 
And so it's going to be great just for, I think, for Rodgers, like mental attitude to have Bakhtiari out there. But at the same time, it's going to be – it remains to be seen how he's going to look when he's on the field. I mean, we have not seen him play in – like we saw him play, like you said, for that one half against the Lions – um, he looked, I mean, he looked good when he was out there. He looked fine, but he just hasn't been on the field since. And we need to see him playing at game speed. And I'm expecting to see some rust early on. I mean, we saw it last week with Elton. It took him a little, it took him at least a half to knock the rust off. And Bakhtiari has been out just under two years. It, like it, he's going to need some time to get up to speed and going against this defense that has, two good edge rushers in Shaq Barrett and Joe Tryon Choyenka. That's not the best matchup for him to come back to. You would like him to come back in against somebody else that just doesn't have the edges that uh, Tampa does. Tampa also doesn't mind setting blitzes and setting extra pressure. So we know that Bakhtiari will get tested very early on. So we have to see how he's going to respond. But I think just from a vibe perspective, I think having him out there will the vibe will be better. I think it's one of those where even if he just comes out and plays as bad as like I would if I was in that in that position, I think the vibes will be better because there won't be the man is Bakhtiari going to finally play next week or we're going to are we going to finally see him? No, he's out there. Even if he plays terrible, I think just him being out there will be a step up in the overall attitude and morale around the team on both sides of the ball and and like and on the coaching staff. So, obviously, they've been – I don't even know if I can say for certain because obviously we don't know really anything that everyone else in the Packer, Packers organization does. But it seems like they've been extra cautious with this because there was that re-injury to the knee last year. Do you think he is up to 100% or do you think it's more or less you're just able to get out there so we're going to put you out there? I think he's not 100%, but I also don't think he's like 70%. I think he's probably in the high 80s to low 90s percent is probably where I would put him. I mean, conditioning is going to be one issue just because you can't fake live game reps like in practice. You just can't simulate them. Um, he, he he hasn't played in two years. I mean, I know, like, Jimmy, you go, you exercise, you go to the gym. You know when you take some time off and you go back for the first time, you're sore. And you're like, I don't, this doesn't feel right at all. This guy's mm-hmm. about to go get ran into by dudes that are 290, 300 pounds for three hours tomorrow or today. He's going to be a little off throughout the day and it's, he's not going to bounce back as he, as he as quickly as he might normally do. So I think that he's not a hundred percent, but then again, I mean, none of these guys are generally once the NFL season starts they're none of them are a hundred percent. They're always going to be dealing with something, but I think that he's also closer to a hundred percent than, it, it, this could also just me being optimistic. But I think he's closer to 100% than we think. But I also don't – I'm not like, yep, nope, he's 100%. David Bakhtiari, full health, no problems. So we started the show off on a positive note with David Bakhtiari, most likely coming back uh, for the game against the Buccaneers. Now to go to the other side of players who are not as lucky. Uh, we got Sammy Watkins put on IR uh, as of Saturday, so he's going to miss at least four games. Randall Cobb still with the illness. We will have Alan Lazard this week. Um, Christian Watson's questionable with his hamstring. So with Watkins being out after his best game as a Packer last week, he had that big 55-yard play, finished with, what, 93 yards last week. 
What do you think this offense, we saw heavy in the run game last week, albeit against the Bears defense, going against a stout Tampa defense this week. What do you think this offense is going to look like, and what do you think are going to be their keys to success to be able to leave uh, leave Tampa with the W? You know, I think that, um, I mean, losing Sammy Hurts, it's not the best. Uh, we don't know if Christian, as of our as of this recording Saturday night, we don't know if uh, Christian Watson is going to play. Um I think that the way that you attack this defense is, especially with Bakhtiari knocking rust off, Elton Jenkins is still not going to be 100% ready to go. You are you throw quick. You get the ball out of Rodgers' hands, which I love so much. I, I, I don't get why Green Bay doesn't do it more often. I, and everyone's like, oh, well, you can't just do it because teams will scheme against it. Okay, well, when you have Aaron Rodgers and you have his ability to hit guys deep and you can set everything up with this quick game stuff, the deep stuff will eventually open up. And then it's like, okay, fine, you want to take away the quick stuff? Well, guess what? We're going to hit you over the top. Like the comeback against the Bears uh, that every, everyone knows. Like Rodgers leaves, comes back in at, after the half, and shreds him. What did he do the entire half? He had the ball out in under two seconds. It was just nonstop, just peppered the defense all the way up and down the field. That's what you do against a defense like Tampa that has a lot of speed on it. Like Antoine Winfield Jr., who was drafted to be a safety and was a very, very good safety, is playing slot corner for them right now because they just have the depth to do that. They have, unlike Green Bay, they have three good safeties. So they have Antoine Winfield Jr. playing in the slot because they're just like, eh, we'll put him there, whatever, it's fine. And then they have Devin White and Levante David. They have speed there. Those guys can go sideline to sideline, so you can't really run. You can't really run wide. You can't like try and get the stretch going, and you also can't really do the screen game that we've seen be decently successful through two weeks, where you kind of have Aaron or Aaron Jones kind of swing out into the flat and kind of throw him a little screen, get five six yards. You can't really do that against this team. There's too much speed. So what you do is you go at them, and you fine. You want to bring a blitz? Cool. Aaron is. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, that is, is so good at diagnosing defenses and seeing where pressure is coming from. Fine, you want to bring a blitz here? We're going to go ahead and get, hit a guy right behind you because you left a spot open. That's the entire way you beat the blitz is you have the quick hitter ready to go. And when the defense finally is like, okay, we can't keep blitzing because Aaron's getting us every time, that's when you can take the deep shot because they're so concerned with getting beat by the quick play that you're going. the deep shot will be there. So, yes, having Sammy out, hurts but with especially with the way that this roster is constructed this roster isn't constructed with a like true alpha wide receiver like it was with Devonte. you can just you have if randall plays you have you can have him working close you can have amari rogers could maybe get involved in the offense aaron jones and aj Dillon can both get involved and just be hey you guys got to be the safety valve as soon as like the blitzers come and you got to go where that guy's vacating and then fill the spot and as soon as the blitzer like goes past you, boom, you're flipping around, you're open. I, we don't need you to get big gains. Just rip off three, four, five yards, keep us ahead of the sticks, and keep us moving forward. So I think that's how you beat this defense that I think is going to try and be aggressive because they know their offense could have a struggle of a day because Green Bay's dealing with injuries. Tampa Bay ain't exactly coming out there <laughs> with a full quiver of arrows. Yeah. So, no, I definitely agree. The quick pass is going to be, I think, really – important for this game especially with as you've mentioned Todd Bowles is going to be sending sending pressure um to definitely disrupt Rodgers with the offensive line that is healthier but also as we've already mentioned shaking off some rust the one thing that worries me with that is just the timing on those routes Uh, I mentioned that earlier today is just with the rookies 
or even we have Lazard there. Obviously, Cobb may play. Is that timing going to be there? Are they going to know to make sure that they're if he Rogers sees a blitz, making sure he's picking up on that hot call from Rogers that they need they're they're going to a quick pass. You need to be in the right spot at the right time for Rogers to hit him. Uh, I think Rogers will be able to get the rookies on the same page, but we've also seen him have a little bit of uh, struggles or trust trust issues with uh, with the younger guys. Uh, you mentioned Winfield Jr. playing a lot in the slot. Do you do you think it's going to be a, a good matchup for us having Alan Lazard uh, as our slot receiver? He also plays a lot in the slot. He's he's bigger than most most slot receivers. You look at Tampa Bay, there's probably going to be Cole Beasley, probably an opposite human of Alan Lazard if you put those two next to each other. Do you think having Alan Lazard, a bigger body person, matching up against Winfield that – we should have that advantage or is Winfield good enough to where they're kind of going to negate each other. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I was about to say, uh, I kind of wish that they had a different slot corner there because Antoine Winfield Jr. is still good. Like, he's he's good. I wish that he wasn't. It sucks. Like, I wish that either he was bad or he was on Green Bay because it's, yeah. it's no fun. I'm like, could you just not? Like, we had to deal with your dad forever, and then now you're here. Could you just? He's just not, man. And like, he's good. He and I think uh, the matchup between he and um, Allen is going to be a good one to watch. Um, the main thing that, like, Allen, especially if you do block, like, I mean, that's Allen's thing. Like, he is one of the best blocking wide receivers in the NFL. Full stop. There's no, there's no, like, if fans or butts about it. He is one of the best um, at doing it right now. And, so he can win the matchup in terms of physicality. It's just a matter of he has to make sure to avoid the the sneaky corner like tackle in the backfield thing it, that every wide receiver does. Like it happens at least once a game where a wide receiver is like, okay, I got to block this guy. I'm going to go get him. Where'd he go? Oh, he just tackled my running back two yards behind me because I missed my block. And like it happens every single week. It doesn't matter if it's the best. You're the best blocking wide receiver. Or you're the worst. Like it happens every week especially when you're playing against a good corner 
Antoine Winfield Jr. is smart. He's going to know what's happening. Like he's going to know I'm going to get like he's going to block me, and if he and if he gets on gets on me, he's going to win because he's he's bigger than me. Like Winfield's a fighter and scrapper, but he like Allen's humongous. Allen is a huge dude, and so Winfield is going to try and probably use his speed to get past him. So it'll be on Allen and whoever else is trying to chip on like blocks like that too. Just keep him from just slipping past you. Even if you just slow him down and just bump him off of the initial route he tries to take, you're good. But you can't let him get free free lanes into the backfield to slow down those like runs when you do try and get to the edge because you already have to deal with the linebackers trying to get there. If you let the corners blow out to play even faster, that's just a recipe for disaster. So uh, that'll be a good matchup to watch. I don't know who I would pick in it because I think it's I think Allen's an underrated player in his own right, but um, Antoine Winfield Jr. is a is a great player and just the fact that he's went from being a pro bowl safety to now is starting in the slot and is starting at a good level is just a testament to how talented he is. Yeah. So last week we definitely, this last offense question before we jump over to the other side of the ball, but last week we saw the the recipe for success was getting Aaron Jones going. AJ Dillon had those tough yards uh, as well to contribute in the run game. Do you think the run game on our end is, is a factor in this game or is this Tampa defense, have you, as you've mentioned, too fast, too physical in the middle with uh, Vita Vea, obviously Akeem Nicks out um, or Akeem Hicks. I keep calling him Nicks uh, is out of there. Do you think, do you think the run game is going to have success or do you think it's just going to be, we're going to do runs just to keep the defense honest, but we don't expect much success with that. I think you can still run, but I think that this won't be the most productive run game. I mean, it's just, that's how that's how this defense in Tampa is built. It's built to say, nope, you're not going to run the ball. You have to beat us somewhat like a different way. So yeah, running will not be as easy as it was against Chicago last week. They, we will have to do something more to do to beat that. And I think that one of the main ways you can do that is to because you still want to keep Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon involved. Is you throw them quick passes out of the backfield, get them involved in the passing game. Just not necessarily screens, not necessarily stump offs. Like I did mention that few minutes ago but if you get them involved intentionally like you design routes and run plays for them to get them involved in the game and um, also get rob tanyan involved in the passing game and get your wide receivers that have speed going across the middle because levante david is a decent cover linebacker not the best but decent but he doesn't have he's lost a step as he's gotten a little older meanwhile Devin white still super fast still super young but extreme not 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 great in coverage like he is not not the best coverage linebacker. So how do you take advantage of that? You go at him. Say fine. You want to stop the run? Cool. We're going to go ahead and we're going to send our running backs at you in the passing game. And we think that then that's an advantage that we like in our favor. So I think that's kind of how you know what you we might not have the most like rushing yards at the end of the day. And people will be like, man, Aaron Jones only had like nine carries today. That's crazy. But then you look and Aaron Jones had like seven, eight catches, and you're like, oh, that's why because. We want to still get them touches, but I mean, if we can't run the ball, we're not just going to run and do a wall just for just for shits and gigs. We're let's find a way to keep these guys involved in a way that is still advantageous to the offense. And I think if you're running into a wall consistently, fine, we'll go ahead and we'll throw the ball and we'll get them involved that way. So to jump over to the other side of the ball, we obviously just saying the Buccaneers praises on defense because. It is a very strong unit, but the Packers defense, no matter what Twitter is going to say, has been playing uh, at a pretty high level, especially after the first drive 
of that Bears game. They completely turned it around. Uh, and as you, you mentioned earlier in our first attempt at recording the show, the Bears look good on their scripted plays, where, as you said, that's when you're supposed to look good. Um, so <laughs> these two teams have very big similarities going into this week. A lot of injuries on offense, very strong defense. Buccaneers, they're missing uh, and, uh, good ones, or Godwin's out. Uh, Mike Evans is suspended. Thank you, Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, Julio Jones is questionable. So they're down to, to bring in on Cole Beasley from the practice squad for this game. What do you think is going to be their key to success on offense to be able to get past a Packers defense that's playing really well? Their plan is going to be going through Leonard Fournette and then hoping to use that to set up other guys. Uh, Julio, as of, like I said, as of our recording, we don't know if he's playing. Uh, Russell Gage, also questionable. Uh, Scotty Miller is going to play, but they're going to rely on Fournette and Fournette's banged up coming into the game. So that's going to be kind of tough, but I think that that's going to be what their game plan is. If he plays, I think they're going to lean heavily on him because Brady also hasn't looked good. <laughs> like, like, I, like I'm not going to be the guy that sits here and shits on the 45 year old dude that's playing football, but Brady hasn't looked great. And I know that there's going to be bucks defenders that are like, yeah, well the receipts hasn't had his receivers or he's, this is happening or that is like, Dude, he, the guy's forty-five years old. He's played twenty-two years. No shit. He's gonna he's gonna struggle a little bit. It's it's okay, guys. It's, it's all right. He's still he's still the best winning quarterback ever. He's still got all of the rings. Whatever. Cool. But I mean, Brady hasn't looked the best. He's going to be working with a mix in like mismatch crew at wide receiver, and so he's going to be dealing with similar timing issues that Rogers is dealing with. Rogers, we know how much he like needs trust among guys. I mean, it's not like Brady is has been throwing these guys for 10 years. This isn't like all of his practice squad guys when he was in New England are getting called up. This is just Beasley. He's never played with Russell Gage. He's been with for a couple of months. You have uh, Scotty Miller, who Scotty Miller has been around for a couple of years, but Scotty Miller has been mostly a backup guy. You Then you have Julio Jones, who's been around for a couple months. It's not like he's got a ton of chemistry with all of these dudes. So I think the people that are going to sit here and be like, oh, well, the Buccaneers have an advantage at wide receiver. It, that you're saying that because you know the names, they they had the same issue that Green Bay does timing, and also his starting left tackle while our, while Green Bay's is coming back presumably, his left tackle ain't playing. Donovan Smith is out. I, I'm almost positive that I read that report yesterday that he is not playing or he is strongly trending towards not playing. That that doesn't help him either, and that doesn't help your running game. So they are already dealing with a patchwork offensive line, and then also they're starting left tackles out. So I don't know what the Bucks' game plan is going to be, but I have to imagine it's center. The center's Rod Fournette. So do you looking? People are going to look at stats from the last game and see how David Montgomery did, uh, especially on that drive where they took like six minutes off the clock in the fourth, albeit that was the strategy on the Packers end to just not let them beat you in the past. They're down 24-10, make them run the ball, burn up clock. They did, took six minutes off. They ended up knocking in a score. That definitely would have been if they had the right angle. Um, but do you do you look at how, how well the Bears did in, in parts of their running game, and does that worry you at all facing Fournette? Or do you think since he is a little bit banged up, that offensive line is struggling – and we also have a monster in the middle named Kenny Clark that we're going to be able to handle the handle the run pretty well. 
I mean, I think that Fournette will get his yards. I mean, that's just that's how, the, that's how the game works. I mean, when you're a guy that's as talented as Fournette is, you're getting, you get banged up as often as he does because I think he is going to play, so, so I'm not really concerned about that. I mean, the guy's he, like he's going to get yards. Tampa Bay is going to move the ball a little bit. It's not like it's it's not like you're starting like a second year running back, and then you're also starting like a third year quarterback. You're starting. Tom Brady and then Leonard Fournette, who Fournette, the only reason he didn't last in Jacksonville is because Jacksonville didn't like him. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that Brady like didn't retire is just because he didn't retire. Like that's the, the Brady continues to be good. Like they are going to get their they're gonna get their yards, they're gonna get their plays here and there. So I'm not like concerned about giving up a few dink and dunk plays here and there. It's just the big gains. Like if he breaks a tackle, cool. Don't let him break two. If he breaks two tackles, don't let him break three. You have to make sure to limit the explosive plays because I think that's what this game is going to come down to is like one or two explosive plays, and it just depends on if you're on the right side of it or the wrong side of it. All right, then going into uh, a little bit of just kind of the keys to victory for the Packers, uh, you just mentioned right there kind of the splash plays. Uh, What do you think this game is going to look like, and what do you think the Packers are going to have to do, both offensive and defensively? Like, What are you looking for? for it to happen uh, for the Packers to win this game? On offense, I think it's about quick passing game and staying on schedule and staying ahead of the sticks. Uh, Like Having the big play would be nice, but I think that ultimately on offense, they need to just stay on schedule, Don't and they can't come out flat. They have to come out, and even if they're on their first drive, they only score a field goal, or it's just a a methodical drive that even results and doesn't result in any points. Like It goes like 10 plays, they go like 40 yards or whatever, and they just – they end up out of field goal range because of a last like a sack or whatever whatever that's okay like it's just stay ahead of the sticks keep moving and because the main thing that that's going to do especially early in the game is keep david bakhtiari on the field and getting him some reps to like hey this is how this works let's go ahead and get back into the groove of things elton let's go you got to get into the groove of things too because you had slow start last week let's keep you moving let's build some momentum there Let's get these young wide receivers involved that, hey, Rodgers doesn't have a lot of trust or faith in them. Well, guess what? Let's force him to have trust and faith in them by saying, hey, you run this route. You get to your spot. The ball will be there. It's on you to, like, it's on you to be at your spot. And it's on you to be there and be ready to catch the ball. And so I think that as long as you can stay ahead of the sticks on offense and stay on schedule, I, I like the offense's chances on defense. Stop, stop the big play. That's, that is the key. Through two weeks – we have seen, obviously, Justin Jefferson got whatever big play he wanted in week one. Uh, week two, we saw Justin Fields, like 20% of his net yards on the night were on one trick play to EQ. Yeah. Other than that, he didn't do much in the passing game. You limit the big end against, and I mean, David, what was it, David Montgomery or Khalil Herbert that ripped off the really large run? Was it Herbert? They both had a pretty good one, pretty back to back, pretty much. I think it was Herbert. I think had the longer of the two. But so limit the big play, and you're in good shape. I mean, against this Tampa, this Tampa offense, I'm not in love with it right now. I believe I heard a stat. I mean, it's very early in the year, but uh, Tampa is, I believe, 29th in DVOA right now, or something like that. Or, um, but it's not great on offense. They're they're struggling to move the ball. They've scored two touchdowns or two offensive touchdowns in two weeks. It's not great especially when you consider oh this is Tom Brady and he in week one had Mike Evans Chris Godwin Julio Jones had all these guys so yeah and he had Fournette too so like he had all of his guys in week one scored one touchdown last week scored one touchdown the one touchdown he scored was kind of a fluke 
like he got lucky and the the saints were injured and whatever but you have to limit the big play and you'll be in good shape on defense yeah no i'm i'm 100 with you i think the big thing on offense is going to just be making sure they take care of the ball is the biggest thing and thankfully we have rogers who is probably the quarterback that gives the ball away the least the man is very cautious with that making sure we're not getting any not letting them force any fumbles. I think last week they had like three forced fumbles. Uh, we got to make sure we're taking care of that ball because this is going to be a defensive battle. Uh, we mentioned, I mentioned earlier uh, when you and I were talking that this isn't going to be a typical game that you would think, oh, Brady and Rodgers are going together. This is going to be an offensive battle. There are going to be a lot of points. I highly doubt that's going to be in the case in this game. Both offenses are coming in banged up. It's going to be a defensive battle. We're going to have to make sure we're consistent on offense, taking care of the ball. And if we can, as you mentioned, that quick play, quick play, and you have that opportunity to hit somebody deep, hopefully it's Christian Watson. Hopefully he's playing. As of now, uh, we don't know if he is or not. He's questionable. But if he's there, he has that deep speed to open the field up, hit him on the big splash play. Uh, And then on defense, we saw last week they did extremely well. That last drive by the Bears, they were in position to make plays. They were there. They just had missed tackles. Those have to be cleaned up on this one. We can't let little plays that should be a two, three-yard gain turn into 15, 20-yard runs because we can't tackle. Uh, I think as long as we are putting ourselves in the right position, executing on the fundamentals, I think we're going to be fine in this. I I don't – I don't know. I It's the Buccaneers. It's Tom Brady. This game really could go either way just with all the injuries that are happening. And I know the Buccaneers fans are saying this too, looking at the Packers offense and the injuries, but I think it's ours to lose right now. I think the Buccaneers injuries are going to be a little too much to to overcome to where, yes, the Packers have some, but I don't think it's as severe as uh, the Buccaneers. Uh, so then to wrap it up, since I'm kind of already hinting at my prediction a little bit, let's finish up with what we think uh, Think this game's going to finish with. Uh, as I said, it's going to be a defensive battle. I think – Packers are going to win this one. Uh, I'm going to give it 20 to – I'm going to change it from the last time we tried to record. I'm going to go 20 to 14. All right. Uh, I don't hate that. Uh, I have a similar score, just uh, slightly fewer points by both sides. I am uh, not going to change from my original prediction. Uh, also, for those that – like you guys are listening, if you're still here 26 minutes in, thank you for being here. But we recorded this entire thing um, about four or five hours ago, uh, and Jimmy's – uh, computer had crashed in the middle of it and then his recording got corrupted so now he and i are recording this here uh without nick because nick is um handling a newborn child so uh my score prediction is 17 13 i think the green bay has the defense to keep teams out of the end zone uh, i think that there's they're going to force tampa bay to put together a lot of long drives and i think that those drives are eventually going to stall i just don't know that tampa bay will get into the end zone two different times uh, unless they get a couple of big plays and so I think that Green Bay gets lucky and gets a big play, or I think they might even do something on defense and maybe take advantage of some of this in, uh, this um, offense that lacks chemistry early. Like maybe they get a pick six off of Brady because the receiver's not in the right spot and Jair jumps one or Stokes jumps one or Douglas even, who we know that he is a ball hawk, as we saw last year. He's willing to take that risk, and so I think that the defense might be able to do something here to uh, help put the team over the top. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, as you mentioned, producer Nick is busy taking care of a newborn, but he did 
want to make sure we mentioned he thinks Tom Brady is going to have five touchdowns uh, and that the Buccaneers are going to beat the Packers 35-3. Don't do that. That's not fair. That's not fair. Nick did not say that. Nick predicted a Packer win. Uh, I can't remember the exact score. He had like 21-13 to 13 or 21-14, to 14, something like that. I want it. I want it on the record that Nick didn't. It, like I, I don't have the audio for him anymore. But Nick hey. picked Packers. He went against the Patriots, or he went against Tom Brady. Geez, wow, Brady's living <laughs> a half there. But yeah, so Nick, myself, and Jimmy all went Packers uh, for this one. You have your version of the story. I have mine. One of them's made up, and yeah, it's definitely mine. Uh, anyways, we'll wrap it up here. Hopefully, we're we're rooting for the Packers, obviously, to be a two and one at the end of the game today. Uh, but Gage, where can, uh, if the folks for some reason want to listen to us outside of this Sunday episode, where can, where can people find you? You know, I don't know why they would want to do that, but you can find me on Twitter at G NFL. All of my links to all of my work with uh Rotoballer and Denver Stiffs and any of my other uh, musings are over there. Awesome. And uh, you can follow producer Nick at producer Nick LB on Twitter. Uh, he was rarely on there. So if he ends up liking one of your tweets, that is like the holy grail of everything. So uh, if you follow him there, talk trash to him for me. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy underscore C08. Lombardi's Bar every Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Uh, I've had some good guests. Going to have some other uh, some other fun ones coming up in a few weeks. And then on brand off topic every Tuesday. All that stuff's posted on Twitter. Uh, for some odd reason, you want to hear my voice more than once a week. Uh, but... For Gage, for for me, for producer Nick, who's busy being a dad, um, this is Pack-A-Day Podcast, and as always, go Pack-Go.